1: previously on Mentally Yours. I was absorbing a lot of negativity, real or imagined, and
2: it was just derailing me completely. So you have to go, that is not
0: running me. You know, I have to run myself, I've got my truth, and I just have to get back to that playful person that I am when I'm funny,
1: Um, and that's all I can offer.
0: It's Mentally Yours for melanin and effect A focus on your mental health You surely won't regret It's mentally, mentally, mentally Mentally, mentally, yours. mentally yours Mentally
1: yours Mentally yours Hi everyone and welcome to mentally yours metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast while you're here you should also check out our sex podcast which is called good sex bad sex i'm ellen and you might notice that yvette is not actually here today sorry about that yvette fans this week's guest is amelia perrin who is a beauty writer and general brilliant person she's got a new book coming out as well about our obsessions and our obsessive culture and we're going to be chatting to her about tourette's and ocd And what people get wrong about Tourette's, because it's not just about yelling out random swear words.
2: It's not directly a mental problem, but it is something where your brain and your body parts don't connect. So it kind of is. Because it's
1: neurological. Yeah,
2: exactly. But they said it was, I don't know, maybe they would change it. But I, yeah, apparently it's not exactly a mental, it has kind of its own category. Yeah. Because, you know, mental health is mental, whereas Tourette's is more physical, I guess. But it's kind of both. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But I do feel that it gets left out. I hadn't seen anything about it really until like the Undateables existed. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's not great. Not yeah, I great. think anytime you see something that you have being described as undated, undated- I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah, and then,
2: yeah, I just like when that show was on, it's so popular all online, you know, how we're talking about Love Island currently yeah, before exactly. the show. Uh, Everyone talks about the undateables and it's just like, oh my God, did you see that guy with Tourette's? I'm like, oh, like now I know how other people feel when people make fun
1: of them. Yeah. It feels uncomfortable for Mm -hmm. sure. Do you notice that people get things wrong about Tourette's? Because I think people have one idea of what Tourette's is. Yeah. And that's it. It's like the swearing thing that people... And that has a name, which I've conveniently
2: forgotten. (laughs) And the scary thing that my doctor told me was that any new tick or trigger like swearing mm. can just come to you at any time fun. you could be 40 and never had it and then suddenly you'll get that one the fun one so I am awaiting the day that I wake up and that happens to me well, that's great. I'm hoping it doesn't mm. but um yeah I think the main mistake people make yeah. is that it's just swearing swearing whereas it's not it's lots of other things it's um like physical tics and um it can be words that aren't swearing it can be like physical movement it can be it's basically just where your brain can't tell your body parts what to do properly so it might you might be thinking I want to move this and your body part will move something else like or it might move involuntarily like you might make sounds involuntarily yeah it's just a lot of different things and swearing actually makes up a really really tiny percentage of The people that have Tourette's
1: that's really interesting I wonder why that's become like the inflated I think it's just because it's so funny like yeah (laughs) it is funny
2: it's you know there's not another disease like it that just makes people involuntarily swear nothing nothing is like that so uh, yeah I think it's funny when you know your aunt swears at dinner and it's funny when someone can't stop swearing so well it's funny
1: when someone who's really like small and innocent and sweet yeah if they're just letting rip with the worst possible words like this is
2: exactly and that's why it's funny funny being uh, yeah a not a not term that I use (laughs) I'm sure how does Tourette's affect you then another thing that I think is a common mistake is that it affects people mainly when they're younger and in their teenage years so I'm sort of over the worst of it over the hump which is a good thing for me um but it affects you at your worst years to be affected by something yeah like that when bullying is rife yeah so yeah so it affected me more in school Mm. um because you know kids are kids they'll ask and tell it how it is and I think the moment where I was like oh fuck I need to go and do something about this I was in like my biology lesson Mm. and we did like a fake GCSE you know like everyone sits in silence and I remember this girl who was like my best friend at the time she sat next to me and she was like well you just shut up like like and she said to the teacher like can you get her out like because at this point Mm. I didn't know what was wrong with me and the teacher you know how teachers are very like sensitive the teacher knew something wasn't right and she was like well I think you should maybe you know just you know just like move move away or you know it's very like um very PC about it Yeah. yeah didn't try and draw more attention to it And then that just like really upset me because I didn't know what to do. I didn't have a comeback Mm. because I didn't know there was a name. I was just making these noises and moving this way and I didn't know why. So I was just like embarrassed, really. So it was just that until I went to a doctor and then to a therapist who told me what it was. At least then I had a comeback for when. And I think when it had a name, people stopped teasing me for it. Because once, you know, someone actually has something wrong with them, I mean, you can still tease them for it, but yeah, you're less likely to if you just think they're like a weirdo. Yeah, you realise that actually this is a bit dickish. Exactly, like I can't make fun of anything. Exactly. If they a condition. So at school was when it was worse. but now I think as an adult, adults don't say stuff about other adults. Like that maybe behind
1: my back, but not to Great. my face. Yeah. Yeah. What ticks and noises and movements were you doing? And do you still do as well? Yes, and.
2: good thing this is a podcast because no one can see me but the more you talk about them Mm. the more they happen yeah so if I am like relaxed and forget about them you won't you probably won't notice but now I'm talking about them you probably will um but it's more like they come and they go they're called like transient ticks, so you usually don't get them all at once you'll get one at a time and then you'll get another one. And it would just like be cyclical more or Mm. less, unless you're like really stressed and tired, then you might have two simultaneously. But like my, I think my first one, this was when I was about five was like, like a rapid eye blinking Mm. and almost like a, like a facial twitch because I remember um, I was on like the train from Disneyland, like Paris and I, it was happening to me. And I remember my family just thinking, like they said to me, like, "Oh, you must be really tired. You need to have a sleep because you know you're 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 making funny movements." Mm. And then I remember someone said, "Oh, you're you're far too beautiful to be doing that. Don't do that with your face. Or you know, like make that face, and the wind will change, and you'll be stuck with it. Like that kind of shit." And I was like, "Oh, I can't help it." But I was like four, five, so I don't really know how to voice that. that. Yeah, but yeah, so it can be like a facial tic. It can be a physical movement thing. It runs in my family and um one of my family members has a quite a physical one so mm. like arm movements leg movements involuntary like bodily limb movements basically mm. um it can be uh like noises like um it can be like coughing it can you know you can mistake it for other things i remember someone at university turned around in a lecture and he was like why are you laughing at this lecture and i was like i'm not like this is i'm trying to listen and i'm really sorry that i'm like yeah but then I got to know him and explained and he was like oh I just thought you were laughing in that first
1: lecture so that's the kind of thing it can be perceived to be from other people talking about ticks kind of makes them worse um from other people or when you're talking about it yourself so what made you want to come on a podcast and talk about ticks for quite a while you have a point <laughs> <You> <laughs> not a accusatory point. <laughs> but just genuine
2: genuine interest um no as I've said I think that we established like two seconds in Mm. that it's not well known enough. People don't know about it enough. So, you know, A, is a point of interest. That's why there is, it's on the undateables. And I've seen recently, uh, I think I saw a TV show where like a YouTuber had um, Tourette's and decided to talk about it. You know, it's interesting because we don't hear about it. So I think it's one of those things coming on a podcast to talk about it might make mine worse for the rest of the day. But for the rest of the day, I'm with people that know about it. So it's fine. It's chill. It's whatever. Sorry in advance. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Just awareness really makes it less of an elephant in the room for other people that might have it. So if someone has been in office with someone they think, you know, has something wrong with them and then they listen to this podcast, they might be more understanding and realize to not bring it up to that person. So yeah I I mean as I say it's completely down to the person it might not be every single person with Tourette's the second they start talking about it or it gets brought up it gets worse for them they might really want to talk about it you know get it out there but that's just me personally Hmm. and
1: understanding improving understanding in general is going to be good for everyone yeah that's exactly (laughs) what I mean You mentioned that your members of family have Tourette's as well. Does that mean they were kind of aware of what was going on before you were or did it take a while to figure out what was Um, happening? I think the link didn't really make sense Mm. until
2: I went to a doctor and they were like, well, do you have anyone in your family that has this? And I was like, oh, yeah, oops. (laughs) But it's the side of the family that I kind of rarely see, so I wouldn't have kept them. Updated than the loop. Probably we were sisters. It would have been,
1: yeah, (laughs) more obvious. obvious. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah. How old were you
2: when you did get diagnosed? It was when I was like thirteen. Knew there was something wrong, Mm. but mainly went to the doctors because, you know, how if you have something like dyslexia or whatever, it then makes things like exams easier things like that I didn't know if there was anything that I because it was coming up to like GCSE years I didn't know if there was anything that I needed to be aware of and because of like for example when I said about the exam I was disturbing other people I didn't know whether it would be best for me to go to like a different room. I didn't end Mm -hmm. up doing anything. I could have had an extra, extra time in a different room, basically um, at a computer (laughs) instead of, you know how some people got laptops to like do their exams on, but I never ended up taking any of those things, but it allowed me to have, once you have a diagnosis, it allowed me to have more help if I needed it. And also um, I remember what I did was I was just like so embarrassed. I got the diagnosis and I got the letter saying what it was and I put it in my like head of years pigeonhole thing and asked them basically wrote like a handwritten letter and i was like can you tell my teachers what it is so oh. i don't have to tell them and i don't have to have this awkward conversation so the next time anything happened they would be able to be like shut up
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> was there anything you had to do differently or any like treatment you went through or was it just a matter of like now people know what it is it's fine for me it was like now people know what it is Mm. and that was my
2: main reason for going to the doctors and stuff but they did put me through um it was it's kind of weird because therapy isn't the right word for it it was more like um it was therapy but as nothing really causes it it was like a management thing and it it wasn't very helpful honestly I think it's more helpful for more mental disorders than this but The most helpful thing was they helped me describe it to other people. And they said, it's like holding in a sneeze. Mm. And if you keep holding it in, it's going to come out much worse at some point. And everyone knows how holding a sneeze is like so irritating. You just can't do it. Mm. So people understood more
1: once I told them that little metaphor. And that's a good description, actually. Does that mean that, because I know you also (coughs) have been diagnosed with OCD. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering what the kind of distinct difference is between a compulsion and a tick, because they're both things that you know you can't stop yourself from doing, yeah, but there 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 is a difference yeah
2: right? i yeah, I agree with you, and Tourette's. It's, it's kind it's a weird one and I when I did more research I realized that most people aren't just diagnosed with that they're diagnosed with like a a, a smaller side hustle mm. <laughs> so, Yeah, like a smaller one um so the Tourette's will be the one that affects you mainly mm. and you could be diagnosed with something like Asperger's or something else as like a smaller mm. side thing I, I didn't realize it's one of the ones where you get one and you probably get another at the same time and at the same time they were like we think you have like luckily for me mild like obsessive compulsive disorder and it's in. A, on a like a hygiene basis like a personal hygiene like uh, I see germs everywhere it's almost like I can see them like I touch yeah. something and I'm like I can feel them on me and I need to go and wash um, and I agree it is there is a difference between like a tick and a compulsion I think it's easier to manage the OCD side but then mm. maybe that's because it's my smaller one someone with like a full-blown obsessive compulsive disorder may disagree with that mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't just, want to offend anyone there no, saying yeah, it's easier to, to yeah. yeah so I
1: think it's interesting like I just wouldn't know the exact distinction because they are yeah it's hard to distinguish between them and I think that's why they come hand
2: in hand like that yeah I've, it makes I've sense I've seen a lot of other people like say that they had online and stuff on the forums say that they have Tourettes and OCD, mm. so I think it is, there's definite link, yeah, I think it's mainly the Tourette's is because it's your head telling your body to do something so you can't stop that yeah and obs- obsessive you know what I mean I can I can stop myself doing it it'll be hard to do it, but I could technically just be like, no, you don't need to shower right now, stop it yeah, yeah. are you
1: aware of ticks when they're happening?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can definitely... I, if, I, of course, I still get, like, self-conscious about it. At, like, a friend's dinner um, a couple years ago, you know how kids are. I literally said you know how kids are, like, five times. There was, um, like, a eight-year-old, yeah. and it was just before dinner, and he was like, why are you doing that with your face? And, like, no one at the table knew yet or i just hadn't thought to bring it up and it would just i thought you know i could either tell this eight-year-old the truth or i could Mm. lie yeah so i was like oh i have tourettes and he's just like okay like kids are ready to accept yeah yeah kids are ready to accept it but everyone at the table felt the awkwardness
1: and i just yeah i'd like that to stop (laughs) yeah i'm sure do you feel like you're more comfortable talking about tourettes and ocd in general now and do you think the internet has helped you at all with that Yeah I do think so I think that
2: anyone with any sort of mental health problem Mm. now I think the internet I mean I'm trying to speak for everyone here and maybe the (laughs) the internet has not helped everyone Mm. but I feel like the internet has allowed for you know more understanding at least of things like depression anxiety things like that and you know I see people online talk about their depression anxiety know them in person they've never spoken about mm. it i feel like the internet allows you to be a bit more faceless and like like i said at the dinner table you know i'm not surrounded by like family and friends immediately that then yeah. have to respond on the internet you can choose not to respond whereas around a dinner table there had to be someone that would then like start the conversation back up again whereas online you can yeah you can choose to engage and give your support or you can ignore like a dickhead <laughs> did, did the conversation go okay Yes, I think it was my my mum was there. Yeah. And I, my mum's very good at
1: making conversation flow. And I nice. think she just picked it back up, like, commented on the lunch, you know? <laughs> yeah, because I think that's always the fear. It's just dead silence. Yeah, yeah. No one really knowing how to respond. And I was expecting this, you know, young kid to be like, well, what's that? And yeah. I was, you know, willing
2: to explain in a kid-friendly way what that is. But kids are more likely to just accept what you tell them as fact exactly
1: they're much easier to talk to about mental health stuff because they will just go yeah cool exactly (laughs) whatever (laughs) um have you had any kind of bad responses to Tourette's or OCD
2: yes I had a like a partner for a while Mm. and he kind of just he knew that I had this um obsession with like cleanliness and the OCD and he knew that it was like a bodily hygiene thing and he thought the best way to make me deal with it would be by ignoring that and Mm. doing nothing to help me (laughs) so (laughs) I know he was like you'll get over it this way no no that's not how it works so like he would do something and I would ask like a very simple request I'd be like like I would love to you know hug you or whatever but could you please like just wash your hands Mm -hmm. like I you know because I like as I say I see germs I know what you've just touched if you would wash your hands or whatever and I'm gonna have a shower blah 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 blah. and he'd be like no like as if like taking a stand against it would help me and I'd be like if you didn't know there was anything wrong with me I'd be like okay maybe I'm just like you know Asking someone to wash their hands is rude. But I was like, you know, there's something wrong. And you know that that's what I'm like. If you could comply with this very simple demand, it would make my life easier. And he was just like, no. So that caused arguments. Tourette's wise, I think kids can be dickheads. Mm. And even when at school people knew what it was um like sick form exams and stuff there would still be a couple people I remember a comment that was you know how you'd sit in your rows with your surnames yeah there'd be a boy who had a surname with a similar initial to mine and he'd be like oh fuck's sake not sitting next to you again like you know what I Mm. mean and maybe I should have demanded but I sat in a different room but I also didn't want it to I didn't want to have a different experience from everyone else just because of this one thing were your ticks frequent enough that it would be like genuinely well, this is the thing. As I say, like the more stressed you are, yeah. the worse it gets. I'm actually quite chilled, like exams and stuff. <laughs> I mean, just winging life. So right. yeah, but
1: probably. But also, when you're in exam,
2: you should be focusing on your exam. Yeah, you know, there are noises all over the shop. You just exactly. need to focus on you. People are
1: always tipping their chairs, etc. Yeah. is equally annoying. Quiet farts. Oh god. Oh. <laughs> on the hygiene note I know obviously you're into beauty and makeup yeah. stuff how does that play into things because I know makeup and beauty can be messy a lot yeah of time. yeah
2: definitely um when I do my makeup like on the move I yeah. always have to bring like wipes and stuff with me because if it's on me it's all I will focus on if yeah. I can feel like if I you know everyone pumps like a foundation onto the back of their hand if I can see or feel that there has been something like on my hand I'm like no I need to yeah get this off right now um but i do think you know in magazines and stuff it's always lumped together it's like beauty hair and like bath care and i feel like i don't know i'm not saying i have like some more special knowledge because i like to be more clean than the average person but I do think it helps to you know when I'm thinking about like testing products and stuff I'm like, how does this make me feel as someone who is uber 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 hygienic versus a
1: regular person who just wants to feel semi hygienic yeah. So, yeah genuinely I think that maybe important. it helps even in terms of like packaging and stuff like that yeah I feel yeah like yeah important to consider as well, yeah um what do you kind of wish that people knew about Tourette's and o c d and that you wish people had known when you were younger as well? I feel like when
2: I was younger people would think I was putting it on or not like faking, but making it worse than it needed to be. And I just wish people knew that the more you mention it to someone and the more you talk about it, the worse it's going to get. So it's a vicious cycle, like ignore it as if you would, you know, when uh, people have problems that cause them to like, you know, you're in a shop and someone is shouting or, making noise involuntarily like you walk along you ignore it you don't want to draw attention to the fact that you know someone has an issue currently and you you know you don't want to draw attention to that you want them to be comfortable you want to be comfortable I feel like I wish people knew it was like that where I can't help it and if we could just you know move on ignore it's like the elephant in the room yeah but I feel like when I tell people so like my parents and stuff they know Mm. my boyfriend knows so it doesn't get brought up because if they see me doing it or hear me doing it, they know that I'm aware. Yeah. They're aware. We're all aware. (laughs) Yeah. Just don't bring it up and then it's better for everyone.
1: Thanks very much to our guest, Amelia Perrin for chatting with us today. This is the bit in the podcast where usually Yvette and I would chat about what we've just talked about with the guest, but obviously Yvette is not here So I'm just going to kind of ramble on my own. I found it really interesting talking about the difference between kind of compulsions and tics. With Amelia, her brain used to tell her when she was a child to blink more or move a certain muscle. And there wasn't necessarily a reason behind that. Whereas for me, with my OCD, there's always a reason why I might have a compulsion. So if I need to go downstairs and check something it's because I'm really scared of the house burning down or someone breaking in so for me those are that would maybe be the difference between them but I think what's important to note is that they're similar in being very very difficult to resist it's not a decision just like Amelia's not saying I'm just gonna blink and wrinkle up my face I wouldn't say I'm just gonna check things and if I don't want to I could just not do that I think both conditions, it's part of the struggle of them is feeling completely out of control of your own actions and your own thoughts. So this is goodbye from Mentally Yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from Mentally, Mentally, Mentally,
0: Mentally mentally yours. Yours. Mentally Yours. Mentally Yours.
1: If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today or any other mental health issues please contact the samaritans on 116 123 or go to the website at samaritans.org thanks very much to our guest amelia perrin Thanks to our producer, Sam Bonham, and thanks to Lucy Baker for the jingles. You should join us online. We have a safe space for chatting about all kinds of mental health issues on Facebook. It's a group. It's private. If you search Mentally Yours, it should come up. You can also keep up to date with what's going on on Twitter at Mentally Yours, spelled Y-R-S instead of yours. See you next week.